0: welcome to the real Pill podcast this is your host and writer for your entertainment com, kelsey Loiselle. and with me today is my co-host that was my foot that oh, was your foot because i'm okay. moving it around i'm I like thought- oh shit it's making noise whoops <laughs> i thought
1: it was the that was our cats uh oh mark salcedo <laughs> <laughs> Um, squirrel. Squirrel, I know. Uh, managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek.bleh.
0: Yes, that .bleh. That .bleh. They don't need to know that it's net instead of .com. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I took Cameron to get vaccinated today.
1: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You know what they said?
1: What they did they tell you?
0: It's going to be a very special party. You have to be under 60 to get in. <sighs>
1: Well, I mean, she's under 60, but you know, we'll wait and see how the vaccine treats her tomorrow. Physically, she's under 60. I've seen her walk down the stairs. She walks like she is 60. 90. Like 90. Like, oh boy, <laughs> going to die.
0: You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal, 2Es in Real. And email us at TheRealAppeal at gmail.com. And if you could please review us on iTunes, we would love to get noticed. Um, our segments this week are the news, our recent review of St. Maud, our variety time, which is Trekkie Transformation Complete, and uh, geriatric cinematic Rosemary's Baby. And the topic, Mark, <laughs> my glasses squeak. <laughs> uh,
1: the topic for this week is, I'm not crazy, you're crazy.
0: That sounds so on brand for you. Telling Shit. everybody that, that you're not crazy that they are. I know, right? <laughs> Fuck. So uh, let's get into the news.
1: Um, yeah, so. This looks so interesting uh, to me. I know. That's why I put it in the docket. Okay, so there is a Flaming Hot, hot Cheetos movie coming out, right? It's based off The Inventor, going to be directed by Eva. Eva.
0: Eva Longoria.
1: Eva Eva? Okay, Eva Longoria. Um, okay, so this story is really weird or interesting, however you want to look at it. Okay, Richard, how uh, do you say, Montana's? Montana's. Montana's, thank you. Um, he is supposedly the creator of the Flaming Hot
0: Cheetos. Uh, have you ever had a Flaming Hot Cheetos? I had one, and I was like, nope, too spicy. Yeah, I, I've had them. <laughs> I don't em. like
1: spicy food. I, I've had them. They taste like nickels to me for some reason.
0: They, they, taste, they do taste weird.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, so the story goes is that this dude in at the Frito-Lay uh, plant in Rancho Cucamonga, which is actually local to us, uh, Rancho Cucamonga, California, created this chip. Um, so Searchlight is making a movie. It's going to be titled Flaming Hot. Um, they've already gotten cast for it and everything like that. However, Frito, Frito Lay has said that like what that dude is selling is not true at all. This was not the guy who created the Flaming Hot Cheeto. Um, they, because um, what happened was that a Los Angeles Times story came out and was pretty much saying that like this dude is not, tr- it's not telling the truth. Um. So the uh, Frito-Lay company had actually had a statement in the Times that said none of our records show that Richard was involved in any capacity in the Flaming Hot uh, test market. Uh, we have interviewed multiple personnel <clears throat> excuse me, who were involved in the test market and all of them indicated that Richard was not involved in any capacity in the test market. That doesn't mean we don't celebrate Richard, but the facts do not support the urban legend. Um, they said that it was actually a junior employee at the corporate office in Texas, named Lynn Greenfield, uh, was assigned Greenfield. To de- Greenfield, thank you, was assigned to develop the Flaming Hot Cheeto in 1989. Um, yeah, <laughs> but this dude is just like he's still like holding his ground and shit like that. They, like I said, they've already they've already had a cast put together. Uh, so far, J.C. Garcia and Annie Gonzalez is set to be in the uh, leads for the biopic. Um, Frito-Lay had also uh, relayed another statement saying, We value Richard's many contributions to our company, especially his insight into Hispanic consumerism. Sorry, consumers. But we do not credit the creation of Flaming Hot Cheetos or any Flaming Hot products to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a statement from uh, Longoria, she said, My biggest priority is to make sure we are telling Richard... How do you say his, his Montañez. Montañez, thank you. Story authentically. I am so happy to have two extremely talented and fellow mexican americans on board in this pivotal in these pivotal roles jesse and annie have a deep understanding of our community and will be able to help tell his story of great importance for our culture do you know how like the cheetah was created Mm
0: -mm. i saw it looks like it looks to me a lot like somebody fucked up with the cheese puff it
1: was an accident yeah, it was exactly it was it was created it was uh, sorry it of course it started as a cheese puff mm-hmm. it uh something happened where um they were like baking corn or something like, in some factory they were baking corn for like these ch- type these type of like chips but like the machine got clogged mm-hmm. and it like made the the Cheeto puffs mm-hmm. and that's how like the puffs was like created and I guess like through like trial and error and like let's try to like change it up and stuff like that they made it like uh like the Cheetos that you know the the regular like, crunchy looking Cheetos. Mm-hmm. I think they're called like Crunch Cheetos or something like that. I don't really eat that stuff anymore. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know, like I feel like I feel like this story, I don't know, I feel like this biopic should be like super fucking wild. Like I'm just picturing cocaine, drugs, <laughs> people being murdered. It
0: is the IE after all.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> that true. And I'm not saying it because like I was like because the guy's um, nationality or anything like that because he's like Latin or anything like that I don't know I just picture like the idea of a flaming hot Cheeto has to be the creation of it has to be like wild as fuck (laughs) like it like you know it's like those um, those those uh, meals at like Taco Bell where it's like oh just crunchy wrap burrito or some shit like that the Crunchwrap
0: Supreme the one that tasted like paint that we had and then we never went there again I
1: think it's that one or like whatever the ones that has like the Fritos is packed in like stoner food oh okay like straight like that um so Richard did make a statement to variety. He says my biggest priority uh to make sure we are to oh no, I'm sorry, that's on Monk Um oh this is what this is what Richard said my, my tongue is. Uh I I was their greatest ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he said to variety. But I will say this: you're going to love your company more than they will ever love you. Keep that in perspective. <laughs>
0: That's what he said. He's like, yep, I'm going to send that out. That is, I mean, that is fucking true.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely true. Um, so I'm actually curious about this movie. I, of course, I'll have to like wait and see the trailer, but I'm, I'm kind of curious about this movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah.
0: Um, Amazon is said to make a $9 billion offer for MGM. So I remember we talked about this.
1: Um, yeah, like a couple months back.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, like we're trying to speculate, like no, it's too expensive for this person, mm-hmm. like this studio, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But sources indicated that Amazon's interest in acquiring the studio has taken on like, like a high, like a new high. Yeah, yeah. And um, like more than just the usual rumor mill, and it's said to be uh, orchestrated by Mike Hopkins, who is senior VP at Amazon Studios and Prime Video, um, directly with the MGM board chairman. Kevin Ulrich, who's uh, Anchorage Capital is a major MGM shareholder. Mm. Um so it began to swirl, like the rumors began to swirl this weekend mm. um with you know Amazon and MGM. And the information that's being reported Monday, mm. um, that Amazon was in talks um about a potential deal, it would be between seven billion and ten billion. But the industry sources said MGM reps have been whispering to prospective buyers for like about a month about a price tag of nine billion. Mm-hmm. Um, while others see that it's really not worth that much. And didn't you say like MGM is more like they're in debt? Yeah, so, like, they're, they're losing a lot of money. Yeah, right. So like, of course, I think they're going to want more than what they're worth because mm-hmm. you have to also buy their debt.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So yeah, so other people are viewing MGM is worth more like five billion
1: yeah this news dropped like an hour before we were gonna start recording i was like oh we gotta talk about this Mm -hmm. um yeah because i remember god it was like a couple months ago you and i were like hiking and we and i saw that like supposedly mgm was like up for sale no no no, that it was up for sale Uh and when i was just and i remember like doing that hike, i was like holy shit like this is fucking crazy like you know (laughs) as as I think it was, like, per, like, last week, I love Inside Baseball when it comes to, like, the Hollywood industry. Mm -hmm. Like, who's being sold? What company's being sold? Where's it going? Who's directing? All that kind of stuff.
0: I know who's gonna buy them. Hmm. You are.
1: (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. Um, Yeah, this is fucking nuts. And, like, because MGM was, like, there during the early days of Hollywood, like, the golden age and shit like that. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah, so, um, speaking of that, they claim to own one of the world's deepest libraries of premium film and TV content Um, it has 4,000 film titles including James Bond Hobbit, Rocky Creed Robocop and Pink Panther franchises as well as Silence of the Lambs Magnificent Seven and Four Weddings and a Funeral Um, Their TV library has about 17,000 episodes of programming, including Stargate SG-1, Stargate, more Stargate, Stargate, (laughs) Vikings, Fargo, The Handmaid's Tale, Get Shorty, Condor, Fame, American Gladiators, Teen Wolf, and In the Heat of the Night. Um, They also have unscripted shows like The Voice, Survivor, Shark Tank, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and The Hills.
1: Damn. And, And Amazon... Let me see. So $9 billion. Amazon will make that back in about two months. (laughs) If you really think about it, like they, I mean, I I can't remember how much they spent. It's like some crazy ass dollar amount like they spent for the Lord of the Rings series that they're producing. Mm -hmm. I think each episode costs like, no, I think the entire season was like $145 million. Oh, wow. I think it was the entire season. It might be actually more. But it's like some crazy ass dollar amount. But if Amazon actually does this, they have a lot to mess around with. Like this is just some of the movies, but they can really do this whole franchise. They can create. They can restart the Stargate franchise because I know that's beloved. Um, James Bond. They Mm -hmm. can do. They can do James Bond movies. They on TV shows and stuff like that. James
0: Bond Junior. (laughs) <laughs> A lot
1: of people don't remember that cartoon.
0: I, I don't, but you keep bringing it up, so don't so, want to see it. It was
1: so bad. It was so bad. But this is this is fucking crazy. I we'll have to wait and see, but if this is true, um yo, Amazon just really got into the fucking I mean they they're already doing well with like the streaming, but they like really upped their game if they fucking did this. Yeah. Like I'm talking about, like on par with like what Disney's doing.
0: Yeah. I think they should do it.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 What's next? Uh the next story is that Marvel's Secret Invasion series brings two directors on board. Uh you're gonna have to help me with the last name as per usual. Thomas Bazooka. Bazooka <laughs> Alright, Bazooka and Ellie Ali. Salim. Salim is helm will helm uh, a number of episodes for uh the Secret Invasion TV show, which is set to premiere on Disney Plus. Um this is according to the Hollywood Reporter. Um the let me see, uh, some of the have hired dart series, which is being written writ executive produced by Kyle Bradstreet, the guy behind uh, Mr. Robot. Yay, we never finished that last season. Well, maybe I didn't. I know I didn't, I know you probably didn't.
0: I don't know if I did or I didn't.
1: Ah, uh, so I, I'm really interested about this because the the, the bazooka guy he's done like a rom com called the Family Stone Teen Vacation Romance Monte Carlo. And he did this neo western thriller called "Let Him Go," which starred Kevin Costner and Diane Lane. Um, and Salim had done *In Treatment*, *Criminal Minds*, *Condor*, *Manhunt*, and *The Looming Tower*. So this is like stuff that did not make a big deal, like when premiered or. I don't
0: new. even know anything about any
1: of them. Yeah, like 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 these names are familiar to me. Like I'm talking about like the the productions are familiar to me. But this goes on par, on par with what uh. Disney does, I'm sorry, with Marvel does, which they get uh, directors who are, like, hungry to prove themselves, mm-hmm. you know? Like, don't get me wrong, Like it seems like they've done a bunch of stuff, but nothing to been like, oh, yeah, they made this movie, it was great, and such, such, and such, and everything like that. So, this is, um, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, these sh- if this show is really great, and then they go off to do more stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I mean, so far, Marvel hasn't fucking failed, so.
0: I mean there was that one thor movie
1: it was a misstep <laughs> it was a misstep hey hey you know there's a thor dark world here there's an iron man 2 here but that's it <laughs> i'm trying to think i'm trying to think i trying to think no my brain was that he would go to captain marvel but captain marvel made like a billion dollars so
0: it made a billion dollars but it could have been better well, I think That's me- true. I think sometimes the pull of those kinds of movies, like mm. Wonder Woman made a lot of money too. Nineteen
1: eighty four? No. Oh, the first one? Yeah. But that was actually good. The third act is very, very questionable.
0: I would have been pissed if I watched it in theater. Wonder Woman? Actually, I probably would have liked it better if I watched it in theater, but I still I don't... think
1: that I think the atmosphere would have like. That's what I'm saying. It's up, the atmosphere
0: yeah. like Black Panther. Like oh, I was yeah. totally amped up on that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so, you're saying you didn't love Vulnerable in 1984?
0: <laughs> I didn't love either of them. Uh, the first one was better than the second one, and yeah, that's not what I was hoping for. You're just
1: a DC hater. <laughs> sure. Stupid ass people. <laughs> Those people know the fuck out of me. Um, I also saw somewhere. Okay, so yeah, uh, THR sources say that um, the breakdown of who's directing how many episodes of. Of Secret Vision could either be an even split with three a piece, or one person could direct four episodes and the other handle the remaining two. But they don't, I mean, it's a big iffy. Uh, production is supposed to get underway later this year in Europe. So we might not see Secret. Of, oh, we're in 2021. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely probably be seeing, definitely probably, Jesus. <laughs> like, um, definitely maybe. I know. We'll probably be seeing like.
0: 2023.
1: I want to say maybe even twenty twenty two, it could be possible.
0: No, because if it's later in twenty twenty one,
1: well, I'm talking about like at the like almost at the tail end of twenty twenty two. Like, oh, here's Christmas, boom, Maybe. there's a good invasion for you guys.
0: Maybe.
1: I mean, it's it's a it's a smaller production. Yeah, it's a smaller production in the number of episodes, so it's almost like like how what was WandaVision? like seven episodes, something like that. So seven episodes, so it was like two and a half, maybe a three hour movie. So yeah, maybe tail end of next year. If not early, like 2023. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Is that it? We done? Yep. All right, what we got now?
0: Now we're going to do our recent review of Saint Maud. Hi, are you Maud? Yes. Dear God, it takes nothing special to mop up after the
2: decrepit and the dying.
0: Can you feel that? Yep,
2: yep, yep. But to save a soul... That's quite something. Bless Amanda's body, and bless her mind, which is shrouded in
0: darkness. When you pray, do you get a response? It's like he's physically in me. It's
2: how he guides me. He's just there. (laughs) He's everywhere. Maud is looking out for me, you see. To save my soul,
0: if I understand correctly.
2: You must be the loneliest girl I've ever seen. I just want to see you loosen up.
0: I've got more important things on my mind. The synopsis is, uh, follows a pious nurse who becomes dangerously obsessed with saving the soul of her dying patient. Directed and written by Rose Glass. It stars Morfid Clark, Jennifer L., and Lily Frazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not as much Lily Frazier, but she's in there enough that I felt like she should be part
1: yeah. of the list. Oh, yeah, yeah. She had a name. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, other people had names, too, but you saw them for, like, a
1: minute. Yeah, I get you. I got you. I gotcha. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this movie came out wow 2019 god it seems so long ago yeah this movie did come out in 2019 i remember kelsey and i actually checked it out at beyond fest of that no of 2020
2: mm-hmm.
1: beyond fest 2020 is when we saw this movie that, at the at our local drive-in um but we couldn't really talk about I mean, we talked about like we saw it was a great movie blah 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 and everything but we really couldn't go into in depth with it because it like it came, I think it got released on VOD maybe like two months ago. Mm-hmm. But I was like, hey, let's like do it like when it's on, like streaming for everybody. Um, I think this was, shit, this was probably, I, from, my, from my memory, this was like our favorite movie out of Beyond, Beyond Fest. Because we saw like a bunch of shit.
0: We did, but I think you really liked Psycho Gorman better.
1: E- yes because Psycho Gorman is pretty fucking wild. I think I liked Psycho Gorman better because I got to talk to uh, what's his name the no I,
0: like that was the one we were waiting for
1: yeah yeah I, but yeah I know see that's the thing like that's the one we were waiting for but I think St. Saint, Saint Ma stuck with me more oh yeah because you were was, like
0: oh shit I didn't expect to love it as much as I did yeah yeah because exactly. you were kind of iffy on it you're yeah. like oh we'll see if I like it or not
1: yeah 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 Um. so Kelsey what did you what did you think of St. Mod?
0: So I remember you asked me this the other night, actually. Mm-hmm. My answer to that is I think it's a great movie, mm. even though I find it really depressing. So <laughs> like it's hard. It's like not enjoyable for me to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like not weird, mm. like abyss of can you watch it or can you not? It really depends on what mood you're in. Uh, okay. Or can L- you handle the, that amount of depression?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's a great movie, but like prepare to feel like shit afterward
0: yeah Yeah. and all throughout
1: (laughs) yeah i mean that's kind of like uh what's that show um black mirror yeah
0: i can't cannot i tried like i I got through the first season mm -hmm. i think i got through some of the second season or all of it but the third one i could not i didn't even watch that
1: yeah like that show is great but like it's a fucking downer yeah yeah (laughs) um okay so what what did you like about say mud um i feel like like, i feel like calling it saint mud
0: saint (laughs) mud yeah well she says Maud like Maud. yeah um so what i liked about it Mm. jennifer is it l e h l e let's let's go with that okay she's she's almost like a dead ringer for what um god damn it devil wears prada actress
1: Oh, um uh Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. I'm about to say Anne Hathaway, yeah. Meryl she Streep. She looks
0: of like like her quite bit. Yeah, I can bit. see that. I can see that, yeah. Like her now, not mm. yeah. Um so yeah, she's I really like her performance.
1: Oh yeah, she's great in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um she plays really well where you kinda tell like she's kinda jaded, but mm. she's definitely like um got a heart behind all of that bitterness so like yeah it's kind of funny because uh i i feel like that just as much as uh mod mm-hmm. the character mod um plays into the anticipation of the whole the whole film Oh, okay. Oh, you mean, oh, like how like, she's like... Like how she reacts to different things. Oh, yeah, 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 Is she gonna be in a good mood or not yeah. tonight? Like, you know, I, I feel like it really plays a lot into it, too.
1: I think that kind of goes into... Um, I don't know how much research Jennifer L. had did, but that kind of goes... I feel like that kind of goes into like people who are terminally ill mm-hmm. and like how you said, like, the character comes off as jaded. And I get that sense, too, that she's very jaded. Like, she had worked hard, but like, seen some shit and had to do some shit and like became like cold and stuff like that um but that kind of like leads into like the fact that she's like terminally ill and she's just, like fuck i'm gonna die and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and i don't care who i hurt um there was a lot of like there are times where i'm watching her and i'm just like oh her and maude are really connecting mm-hmm. but like, as the story like progress i'm just like damn she I was just fucking with her like the whole time mm-hmm. and that just like kind of sucks because uh What's her, how you say, Morfred Clark? Morfred. Yeah, Morphe Clark plays that character so sympathetically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you just know, like, this girl is just messed up. Like, she had, she, like, even before, like, the movie started, she, she looked like she had been through, like, some rough ass times mm-hmm. uh, before she got to that place. Um, so, like, her going, like, back and forth, uh, the Amanda character and the Mon character kind of going back and forth of, like, ma trying to save her and the amanda character like i don't need your saving but not in like not a very like i don't need your saving and i'm fighting back mm. but more just like no i'm fine i'm gonna die who cares <laughs>
0: <laughs> um i like what you said about um jennifer l mm-hmm. and how like they seemed like they were connecting but then toward you know as it went on it seemed like she was fucking with her yeah that's my childhood damn that's how all the fucking girls treated me yeah yeah and to the point where they like they would get me to a point where mm. i was like oh yeah like we're best friends i don't fucking care i'll do whatever mm. and then they would never invite me somewhere mm. like to their parties and shit and then mm. like
1: so i'm going to go out and just say this fuck those people <laughs> because i i don't know who they are but i'm sure they are I'm sure you're you are way better off than them.
0: Oh, no. I, but there's one kind of clever story that still kind of hurts. But I'm almost like, God damn, that was so fucking smart. can't <laughs> hate them for it. Okay. I know we're going off on a tangent, but, like. Oh, it was our show. Yeah. I had this friend. Mm-hmm. She was from Poland. She was cool. Mm-hmm. But the cool girl, the a different girl, was living right next to me. Mm-hmm. And then they started hanging out, and then I got left behind. Oh, damn! Because uh, the one who who lived next to me never liked me. Yeah. Um, and then like my dad built like this fort thing out of skids in the woods, mm-hmm. and like we would all we went down there one time, all of us. Like we picked like a cigarette butt out of like someone's can or whatever. We're gonna try cigarettes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then like all the girls are like showing our boobs to each other to like see how big they are, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a few days after that, um, the mean one brought one of her trophies outside and she said, here, hold this. And they went and ran and hid behind something. They're like, um, it, it was like a trophy that had like a genie on it or a genie mm-hmm. lamp. So, so they're like, here, hold this and rub that. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So then they went and hid and they're like, I wish I had bigger boobs. And I'm like, fucking assholes.
1: I <laughs> just stalked funny. off. <laughs> That's kind of funny, but fuck those people.
0: <laughs>
1: uh okay so.
0: I don't know that's the thing I always yeah. think about and I'm always kind of like god they were so fucking mean but like god damn it that's kind of funny though okay so <laughs> the the popular
1: girl would she be would she be, a, be Amanda in this case in your mod
0: um you know she never liked me enough to even bother with me
1: oh so she's the toilet that mod flushes at one point got it. <laughs> got,
0: it, got it I think she would be like Frasier <laughs> damn Lily Fraser. <laughs>
1: uh okay so but not
0: as cool because she's very fucking white and skinny as a stick and her mother thought that neither one of her kids could do any wrong yeah i hate those people i know my dad doesn't like her either still <laughs> okay so
1: <laughs> back to the movie <laughs> so what did you think of uh what did you think of the writing
0: i like the writing uh-huh. um i kind of wonder where she got the idea from or if she was like so mm-hmm. into movies Mm-hmm. that she wanted to like write a story like how she remembered them being from the 80s 90s
1: yeah this movie definitely gives like a kind of like mid to late 70s early 80s type of like psychological thriller kind of thing like almost like exorcist and shit like that or in in some cases um like our Jared cinematic which is Rose married baby mm-hmm. it's a very like is she crazy or is she not crazy? Is she really seeing these things or is she not really seeing... The mod character, if she's really seeing these or not.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's funny because with the writing, it was very, like... It, it, sometimes it's kind of harder, too. It doesn't always translate. When you have, like, British or Irish or whatever, like from Europe mm-hmm. in a movie and you're writing for them because sometimes it's a little drier. Mm-hmm. But, um... But I think it actually translates really well. Mm. Um, even to the point where I didn't like Maude. Because mm,
2: okay.
0: I know that you said that, that they wrote her kind of sympathetically. Mm. And I kind of saw her as someone who could not process reality at all. Like, mm. to the point where, like, if you were in, in school... And there's that one kid that never got the jokes, that yeah. was always angry at everybody. Mm-hmm. That's her. And, like, I never had patience for that. And I was always seen as a goody-two-shoes. Cho- two mm-hmm. And even that's too far for me.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Um yeah, I can see where you're coming from 'cause there there are aspects of Maud where she comes as very like self righteous mm-hmm. and shit like that. Like um the certain points where, you know, where she's praying to God and saying like, Oh, I thought I was lost, but your your mercy is endless and you've guided me to the light, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well
0: there are times too where she thinks that he's let her down and mm-hmm. and that almost kind of made me more angry too because like I'm not a religious person, but I kind of feel like religion isn't about you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And she makes totally about her.
1: Yeah, you know what? Holy shit! Because like, if, if if you think about, it, I mean, we can we can talk about this and spoilers if if as if we got to jot this down. We can talk about the idea that like, because the same mod character is like supposed to talking to Jesus, mm-hmm. but what's to say that she's actually talking to Jesus? Yeah. Like let's let us let us say
0: you know. Oh, you think it could be like.
1: It could it like let's say I mean because like
0: it's a whole Adam and
1: Eve thing. It is a whole Adam and Eve thing. It is whole like you know if it's God how you know if God speaks to you and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. And this is not this is, for anybody's word. This is not like spoilers at all. This I mean it's it's heavily implied that religious has a factor in like Mod's life and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. But yeah, I it's mean, in the title. <laughs> yeah, seriously, Saint Mod. Yeah, but like if we want, we can go into spoilers and be and then kind of like we we'll, we'll, we can talk about like. If it's possible, of what was happening, happening or not, and stuff like that. But we, I think we should say that more close to at the end of spoilers. Okay. Okay. Um, let me see. Anything else you want to talk about before we get into the spoilers?
0: Um, I think the colors of the film. Uh huh. That's part of the depression for me.
1: Oh, like the muted co- colors?
0: Yeah, sometimes I think it's really great for storytelling. But I think if you're going to use that color scheme throughout, mm. and you don't switch it up to better tell your story, it's mm. just a. It doesn't really take away from it, but it, mm. but it like. It's like she was trying so hard to make you depressed that she was like, "Here, here's all these muted, browns and mm. blacks and different things like." Mm. And I felt like it was kind of like selling selling it short. Really? I, I do, because mm. I feel like if she had a connection with Amanda, mm-hmm. those moments should be a little brighter.
1: Mm, okay, I you know get you. I mean? Yeah, I get you.
0: Or the times where she feels like she's connecting with mm-hmm. someone religious, God or whatever, mm-hmm. should be brighter. Something. Yeah, I, get you. I get you. The entire thing. Thing is like I am stuck in a parking garage in yeah, a narrow hallway waiting for the elevator. Yeah. And there's a homeless guy peeing in the corner. I think that kind
1: of goes into it goes to the idea where I think Rose Glass was trying to get to with her direction was the, the lack of life that is all around Maude. Like even when like even like certain scenes where she's more out in public, there is like seem to be like a dark shade over her. Mm. that that kind of like blinds her from from enjoying anything and it does ha- this movie does have a sense of it always being fucking cold like you uh, would always yeah yeah
0: i i you know what i i think the reason why i don't like it is uh. because i feel like i live that
2: oh uh, okay and
0: like when we're out and doing stuff mm. i'm not affected by it mm-hmm. but there are times where i get stuck in a rut and everything is fucking lifeless to me yeah And that's when I get really bad. And, like, Mm. I feel like this movie is maybe, like, a bit much.
1: I think that's funny because, like, because we we talked about, we kind of talked about this, uh, I think, like, last episode when we were discussing monster we were discussing about how like when it's like a black topic i feel it more than you do mm-hmm. and but like when it's a topic like this you feel it more than i do like mm-hmm. I, I do feel it but i'm more like looking at just at the visual like wow that's really great how they did that i get what they're saying you yeah know? Like, i get this i'm not feeling it, but i get it i know where they're going with this and mm-hmm. shit like that yeah um yeah and the direction that rose glass does with Certain like camera angles and stuff like that. She she really does like this amazing work of kind of give you like a confined space.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like there's this really great shot of Maude in a hallway, mm-hmm. and it just looks so tight. Like that's just that's just it is. It, it it like reflects the room Maude stays in before she lives with Amanda, mm-hmm. and it kind of gives this idea that she's always like confined, like stiff, never jumping anywhere out of like. To like out of her it.
0: comfort out zone. Out of her comfort zone. Exactly. Exactly. I like the one shot where she's gonna. She's coming down the stairs to get to her apartment. Yeah. And the camera's turned ninety degrees. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. it's yeah, like she's walking on the left side of the screen instead of on the bottom of it.
1: Yeah, that's an amazing shot. Um, okay, I think we should get into. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we get spoilers because now we're starting to really get into it. Uh, let me go ahead and cue it up. All right. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, we're going to hop into the spoiler section um, where we talk in great lengths about Saint Maude. So if you don't want to be spoiled, and if you haven't seen it, uh, here's your spoiler bumper right about now.
0: my ankle (laughs)
2: jesus
0: (laughs) (laughs) as soon as you put the volume back on it i know your
1: ankle was like i'm here
0: (laughs) yeah my my joints be crack-a-lacking lately
1: (laughs) okay so um so what okay so the direction the direction
0: um you wanted to talk about Oh, yeah, you want to save that more for the end.
1: Yeah, let, yeah let's save the whole line. Who was Ma talking to, like, for close towards the end.
0: Okay. Um, the very beginning was a little confusing for me, and it took a second watch and you telling me mm-hmm. what was going on. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: For me to understand what the hell was going on. Like, she was in this room. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like a nursing facility or a hospital to me. It seemed, like, psychiatric.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got you.
0: Um, and the kind of psychiatric setting that would be in a horror film nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't connect with me that this is the thing that set her on her path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until you said it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That is that is one thing that like I will give the movie uh, uh, a ding on is... You know like the movie starts off where she's like sitting on the floor it's like this something that she's and seen.
0: She, she's bloody too yeah
1: it's something so something like really traumatizing and then like that is not ex- that is not brought back until like probably closer almost to the end of the the second act where we find out that like she was applying compressions on a patient's chest and then po- had like caved in their chest by mm-hmm. putting their weight on, by putting her weight on it but, like, it happens so quickly that it doesn't allow you time to, like, register it. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time we saw it, I was like, oh, that's really weird. And it wasn't until the second time we watched it. I was like, oh, that's what that meant. I got it. I got it. Yeah. So that's, like, I think that's, like, the only, like, serious ding I had in the movie. Uh, or had with the, the movie.
0: There's another thing where there's a scene where that girl that knew her from work came to her apartment after she was really starting to break, have a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like that scene. It to me, it seemed a little too forced. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, because I know like I know people don't pay that much attention to m- most things, but mm-hmm. the um the amount of time
2: mm-hmm.
0: that Mod spends. Not even not talking to her, but not even looking at her, mm-hmm. and she's just going on and on. Yeah, that seemed like a bit too long. It, it was too long. Like mm. that lady would have walked out, be like, okay, and walked out by then. Like,
1: yeah, I think that was. I get what you're saying. Maybe they could have probably cut that scene for maybe maybe a couple minutes. They could have cut it a bit short. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get why they did they did do that because they had to like kind of really reflect that like okay somebody can tell that something's not right with her Mm -hmm. you know because like her interactions with anybody other than amanda is like so fucking like little
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know there's like and weird and and weird too exactly and weird there was one thing i didn't notice the first time i watched it and i noticed the second time um is that her her eyes are like two different colors in this movie
0: only in the one scene
1: no, no, no! Like no, it's I like I looked at it in the IDV, Her eyes are actually two colors in the movie. It's it just it kind of goes with the lighting because the lighting is oh. so bad that you, or lighting so dim you can't really tell. I think that what, what Rose Glass was trying to do was kind of give us like a whole like weird kind of like display of her mental capacity because remember she like looks up and then she sees like uh, like a vortex mm-hmm. being made and then we go back to her eyes and it's like two different colors so that's like two like whoa whoa like kind of like moments
0: the time that her eyes did that was when she was looking out the window when that girl was in her apartment yeah and that's why i thought she didn't have two different colored eyes because mm-hmm. those that scene mm-hmm. looked like she was wearing contacts to enhance the color yeah okay
1: so she did have to wear contacts. i mean I mean, she yeah, she did have to wear contacts because that's her like her actual her her eye colors I think are like brown or something like that. Mm. So she actually had to do contacts, and I know that's kind of an issue that comes with like certain films. There are movies you can just like they're clearly wearing contact, You know, sometimes it's hard to to deal with that. Yeah, um, but it didn't for me. It didn't take a whole lot away. I I would just like it kind of took me. a uh, it took me for a second. I was like, "Holy shit!" Fr- like her eyes are different color. That's weird. I'm,
0: no, I'm, yeah, I didn't know that it really was, but like mm-hmm. those contacts, that that didn't take me out either because mm-hmm. I I think that was a, a pretty clever way of showing, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know how people use clever um, use camera angles to tell a story or to create yeah. like uh, unease. I think that eye color was like a sense of unease or like oh yeah, definitely because yeah. it's it's, not, it's something that's not so natural.
1: Yeah. Um, so there was one thing that I, I, I was really enjoying is just like, like the level of like how her hallucinations are getting like more and more and more intense Mm -hmm. and how that could be in relations to like what is going on with her, like mentally, Mm -hmm. like you could almost, you could almost say that she's suffering from seizures, she's suffering from seizures, like mild seizures. Mm-hmm. But she sees it as like a form of like God is communicating with me,
2: mm-hmm. and that,
1: and I and I've heard stories about that that people they assume that this is happening to them so God uh, God is flowing through me or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I like the fact that they don't like like it happens, but they don't want to say like oh yeah she's suffering from seizures.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: kind of like plays with the the whole notion of like is she talking? To, is God really communicating with her? Yeah. Um. And then the when in terms of like her hallucinations, like with the vortex being created, they do it in like subtle ways too. Like at one point she's like looking um, in a sink. I think she's looking in a sink or like in a bathtub or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you see the vortex form, like coming down. But you're thinking like, oh, it's just water. water swirling down a drain. Yeah, and it gets like ever so lightly intense, mm-hmm. like a little bit here, a little bit here. And then it, and then at that one point, she like is at that bar. And you see it in the she sees it in the beers.
0: Oh yeah, and before the, she loses her shit, basically. Yeah.
1: And the funny thing is, like, I I've had hallucinations similar to that where I'm just seeing weird shit. I'm just like, okay, whoa, well, I need to stop
2: because
1: mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking snap now. <laughs> um, so what? Okay, so back to the acting when it comes between Jennifer, Ill and how name Clark? Morfid. Morfid. I say name: Morford Clark, Morford, Morford. I think thinking Morford. I don't know why. Morford Clark. Um did you know that Jennifer Il, she's the one who played the lawyer in Monster? The red hat?
0: Is she really?
1: That's her, yeah, I know, right?
0: Holy shit. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Which kinda listen to like your whole Meryl Sheep thing, like, whoa, she's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap.
1: Um so Maud seemed like to be having a friend in Amanda. Yeah, what did you think of that dynamic?
0: <sighs> I feel like Jennifer wanted to to like her and wanted to befriend her and wanted to pull her into being loose, you know, like a little oh, not loose Amanda? like, yeah, yeah, not loose like a whore, but loose like
1: yeah, like loosen up a bit, you know, you know, like yeah. have
0: some fun a little bit, like. Yeah. And I think they could have been friends if. Mm-hmm. If Maud was capable of it, yeah, but she wasn't mm-hmm. um and I think Amanda got f- frustrated with her, yeah, so i f- I kind of feel like that that was their dynamic, like Amanda didn't really want to be she i mean she probably could have been, um, been a more comforting um Maud could have been a more comforting comforting uh presence for her as she declined mm hmm but she was pushing her too hard and she wasn't ready to let go yet.
1: Oh, the uh, Amanda character? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Ma- uh, Amanda wasn't ready to let go of her lifestyle yet and to yeah. give in to dying. Yeah, yeah. So it just wasn't a good fit at that time.
1: Yeah. And then like there are times where like Maude is can come off as very possessive. Mm-hmm. Like the scene between her and Carol mm-hmm. where she's just like, She's like, I like, I like the there's like really no frame of reference when it comes to time in this movie. This could be this could take a place in a week, two weeks, a month, a year, or whatever. Um, but like, there's like that part where like Maud talks to Carol and just like, uh, you know, I appreciate it if you stop seeing Amanda because mm-hmm. you know, we're on a mission to save her soul, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm, yeah, so that's where it kind of comes, I think that's where the the sympathy part. Of mod starts like slowly being chipped away, mm-hmm. especially. Well, I'm sorry. This is a big chip there because someone's speaking up, speaking on behalf of on behalf of another person without even consulting him is pretty possessive, anyway. Yeah. Um, but like, even when she does do that, they kind of like reel back the sympathy about mod when when Amanda's like, "Oh, mod, trying to save my soul," blah 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 blah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I almost like. For like a second I was feeling bad for her Because like There are genuinely people Genuinely people out there Who are just like I want to save this person This person You know Should know the word of God Or whatever And she was it seemed like Maud was in the right... Her head was in the right place. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. Her heart was in the right place. Her head was not. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, of course, there's that part where like, Maude slapped the shit out of and I was like, oh, girl, you fucked up. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't do nursing, but anybody would be like, oh, that person's never being a nurse
0: ever again. Exactly. And that's what happened. <laughs> um, then the whole um, self-punishing thing that um mm-hmm. did does yeah is like so cringy
1: that's a very religious thing
0: i know it is but like also not mm-hmm. um it's very mental right because oh, you, yeah. you've known cutters yeah yeah mm-hmm. and she had cut marks on her too and like like on her stomach
1: oh yeah that's right that's right yeah
0: um sometimes it feels like you're bad like it meant like I'll even use myself as an example. I don't do things to that extreme, but there are times that I've been like depressed to the point where I'm like I feel like shit and I'm almost punishing myself by not eating. Like I can't eat and I all like I can't make myself eat. I'm like, Well that's fine because Yeah. Whatever. And it almost, I feel like that, like even that, even though it's a religious thing, I just mm-hmm. hit myself in the like, headphones. <laughs> even though it's a religious thing, <laughs> that's
1: religion, like hitting you upside the head. I know. Don't talk shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I don't think it necessarily started as a religious thing. I think mm. the religion part plays into it, mm. and it's overall a mental health thing.
1: Yeah, and and I and I think that's what it kind of like it lends to what Rose Glass like the directing and the writing where she really fucks with like the viewer's perspective is she re- is Mott crazy or is she just like super religious mm-hmm. you know or is it like a
0: or is it the same thing or is it like exactly, <laughs> or is it the
1: same thing exactly
0: fucking exactly
1: you know yeah um okay so i i i, I still like okay so this movie i mean cuz this movie is like a psycholog- psychological horror film and this movie does that like something that it's not done enough in horror films, which I fucking love, which they, they don't really, like, they fuck with, like, like, darkness and setting the camera and, like, the ominous sound or, like, the, the negative space and, like, quietness and stuff like that and, like, let the viewer just, like, come up with the crazy shit themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that shows, like, the talent of a great, like, horror director when they're, like, I'm not going to show you the monster you're going to show it to yourself in your head, and it's going to be way worse than you
0: thought. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. Um, that's why I think this film works. That's why I think it's a good film. Mm-hmm. And it's not like one of those jump scare and cheap oh, yeah. fucking movies that I hate.
1: God awful movies. Yeah,
0: like it was well put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did a good job of telling the story the way that it needs to be told. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I agree with you on that. Even
1: like, even like the parts that happen in the daytime are kind of like scary in a way. Like the part where like she, um, this is like you had mentioned that she got she put the the tacks in her shoes
2: uh-huh.
1: and was like walking. There's a level of like very eerie uneasiness. Like she's ready to snap because mm-hmm. she put herself to that length, um, and then, and like it's weird well i don't say it's weird it's just really well done where like you got a sense of like like when it's dark in the moon when there's like nighttime you're like you feel some level of like terror and when there's i oh, don't no, sorry that's where like the terror starts settling cuz like when it comes to like, night night that's where like fear rises and stuff mm-hmm. like this is throwing that out there and when there's daytime, there still is a level of terror there.
0: Like it's waiting to come back.
1: Exactly, exactly. And this movie like does a lot of that. And then it does that. It does like that to a point where like finally we get to that part where Mod breaks inside Amanda's house, mm-hmm. and Mod's like, "All right, you're close to dying. <laughs> Repent for your sins. And mm-hmm. you put this burning alcohol on your face and shit like that. Yeah. You know. And even like Amanda's like, eh, no. And you know, Maude, like that's where like Mods. I mean, th- then that's what like the director goes. All right, fuck it, I'm gonna make it seem like she's battling a demon, literally a demon.
0: Yeah, like it, you could tell it was Maud's imagination taking over. Was it? I'm sure it was. was At it? that point, yes.
1: Was it? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she got chucked across the room, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty bad. Mm. You know, that could have been the power of the demon and Amanda. Sure um but i love how like that scene that scene kind of like goes back to the horror of of like all right here's a monster to scare the shit out of you okay and then we get this and then of course they play with this perspective like was it was she crazy or was it really a demon you know blah 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 because like stories of exorcisms and people being possessed is like they can see normal within like they can see normal one second and then the very next second they're like spitting pea soup out of their mouth and shit like that
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but i like how it's maybe, maybe
0: that's why you don't like pea soup
1: i don't like pea soup because the exorcist
0: yeah that's what i said yeah
1: fuck that movie
0: pea soup is amazing though
1: Ew, it looks gross too
0: i'm trying to make you eat it once and no good. Like, no
1: yeah exactly because you're an asshole no because i you
0: won't try it once
1: <sighs> look if you want me to try it you eat double it and do it for both of us okay
0: I'll, i Mama Bird it to you. You gonna what? <laughs> mama Bird it. To me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat it twice. And gonna, give you half.
1: No, you're gonna, you're gonna do it one day where I'm like sleeping on your couch or something, and then you're gonna be like,
0: and I'll be like, ah, I wouldn't be so pathetic as to be like, T-t-t. I'd oh. be like, I'd be like,
1: <Yeah>. Right there on top of me, gross. <laughs> um, so yeah, then like you know how like I I I. I <laughs> it's so hilarious. So I want to I want to actually talk about uh, the final shot. That final shot is so that final shot stuck with me again.
0: Again, yeah.
1: That final shot is so like because I. I have things about, like... Oh, of course, anybody else, like, other than pyromaniacs, I have a thing about fire, being, like, caught in a fire and just burning alive and stuff like that. Uh,
0: my older sister died in a fire. Oh,
1: yeah, that, that's right. That's right. Um, but, like, the way how, like, they do this, it's so jarring how, like, she, like, mod lights herself, and it's like,
0: oh! Well, like, yeah, everyone's like, stop her, stop her! And mm-hmm. then the next second, they're all, like, kneeling down.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah, and then, like, that quick... Like I, I like the fact that like Rose Glass, she didn't like stick with she didn't stick with that shot of her actually being on the fire. Where she's like, you know, it was just like, bam, like that. Yeah, and that's like the last of Rose. That's yeah. It was
0: like this is Mod's reality where she feels like she's not really being eaten by the f- the flames as horrifically as people would be. Mm-hmm. She's just like being lifted into you know, whatever's arms, God's arms, or something. Mm-hmm. But for a split second, you get reality, reality, yeah, where she's just screaming from being like burned alive.
1: Okay, so with that, I'll ask the I'll ask this question: Do you think Mod was actually okay? So there's three. Op- let's say there's three options: Was Mod talking to God? Was Mod talking to the devil? Or was Mod uh ac- was Mod crazy?
0: She was crazy.
1: She was crazy. Just like straight up. Yeah. See, my, 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 oh, I forgot. I'm talking to the logic person here. Like you're, like
0: the fucking before sunrise, the logistics
1: story. Y'all need to go listen to that before sunrise episode. Her logistics <laughs> on them. Oh, I've oh, re listened to that part so many times. It's so fucking I funny. I know. Um,
0: you'll randomly think about it too, and you'll tell me, and it's been months.
1: Yeah. Logistics. <laughs> um, but there's this, I don't know. I, I think I think what the director is trying to get at is that is a possibility where like it's called Saint Maud. so we're led to we're led to believe like oh she talked to God it was it was sainthood it was some holier than thou type of thing, but it it could be possible that like Satan was the one who was doing these things to her, or Satan was was talking to her, because we never get like a full reveal of like because there's that scene where she's like talking to somebody she hears a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, which I have to mention, that voice that stalks her, that's actually uh, Morfit Clark speaking in Welsh.
0: Mm.
1: And they just like lowered the tone by like three knots or something like that.
0: I knew it sounded funny because yeah. it, it wasn't Latin. I knew that
1: yeah 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 but like but see that's the thing when you when you listen to you're like oh it must be speaking in latin or something like that why didn't well i'm i'm, I'm talking like maybe like the general audience are probably thinking like oh just speaking in latin or the, the whatever that thing is speaking to her is not latin or
0: like some kind of tongues or something yeah
1: yeah but like they never like show what she's talking to not even if it's like the cross or a picture of jesus or mm-hmm. anything like that and some of her pictures are very um I know it's supposed to be like representation of the Bible, but mm-hmm. some of it seems almost kind of satanic or very like questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I I kind of would think I not that so I like to think, but I like the I like that it could be a possibility that she could have been that it could have been Satan fucking with her, mm. and that Satan just like thinking this person is possessed. Satan kind of nudging her in this way of this holier than thou. Because if you are, you know when my understanding of religion and everything I study, what you are, you're not supposed to feel holier than thou. You're not supposed to feel um, better than the, than the next person. You're mm-hmm. supposed to be either at an even level or just be so helpful that like... Or you like
0: you're uplifting other people.
1: Yeah, that you never expect to feel a reward. Mm-hmm. And Ma, I got a sense that Maude was expecting a reward for saving somebody. And mm-hmm. Amanda was like, I got to save her because God is going to give me this. Mm-hmm. And that comes off as a very selfish and a very um like matter of trickery from Satan himself mm. or itself or whatever.
0: I, I'm almost there with you. Okay. Like almost. Mm. I don't believe she was talking to anybody.
1: So yeah, you're still you're still onto the mental thing, yeah.
0: But that last moment where she's on fire and Mm. she's like almost at peace and then Mm. you get that split second of like terror
1: yeah pure pure horror yeah
0: i feel like it's like how your brain breaks Mm -hmm. that feels like a brain break to me like like she feels great about what she did and she Mm. feels like she's going to be in peace and everything and then all of a sudden it's like like the sudden realization that she is an awful person and Mm -hmm. she's never going to get to heaven.
1: Yeah. That like, yeah, her, her mental capacity, even if it was like, if she was going to heaven, she would feel no pain. She'd be like, Oh, I'm just going to the next plane of existence. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that cut to of like her in pain. I think, I think that's the director kind of like doing the last, like, was she talking to God or was she talking to Satan? Because that's like, that's how she's going to be in hell. Mm. You know, because, like, when they show, like, the real shot of her on fire, it's not like a wide shot where you're like, oh, she must be still on the beach. You know, it's like an upward shot, and it could have been, like, a quick, like, boom, she's in the afterlife. Yeah. Or something like that. I mean, the only thing that kind of, like, makes it somewhat, like, she's still on the beach is, like, the sky hasn't changed. But, it's like I said, it's a quick cut, so we we can easily think that maybe she's in hell burning or some shit like that. Yeah. Or she, at least feels the burn of hell.
0: Maybe. <laughs> you know what my brain is. Yeah, she's crazy. No. What? Logistics. <laughs> Logistics, exactly. Come on, y'all.
1: Let your imagination just flow. Just let it go crazy.
0: Here's the thing.
1: She's gonna talk about aliens. <laughs> she killed an alien.
0: I have no capacity for understanding people who mm. are religious.
1: Oh, okay. I just
0: don't. Like, yeah. I used to when I was younger, mm. but the more time that goes on mm. and the more shit in Republicans I see, mm. like, the less I can believe in it, and, like,
1: mm.
0: and that's even before Trump got into office. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I just can't fathom people who believe things that strongly, that they're like, yeah, this is something that could happen, or, mm. like... I, I don't know. I just... I That's why I have to think it's something mental. Because mm-hmm. I honestly feel like... I know this is probably going to be controversial. Okay. But I really feel like people who are that into religion have some kind of mental illness. On a, even on a very small level. It
1: could be. I mean... <sighs> I don't. I don't. I really don't think it's controversial. I mean, it's really. It's honestly your opinion, and I, and I know. And
0: I'm really fucking jaded, honestly.
1: Yeah, and that's that's understandable, you know. And I, th- I, I, th- I think there are some aspects of that, some of that to be true. That it is a mental thing of believing so wholeheartedly that like. There is a God. I have to follow the word of the Lord. The Bible is the way. This is that. Mm-hmm. Fuck logic and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. let's 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 be real. There are people who are really like that, you know. And then there are people who are not so much like that. Who like kind of go the way that I know you you actually don't mind. Where they just look at it. They look at the Bible as like a level of guidance, mm. and not like I have to follow it, you know, hand and foot, but more like okay you know the bible you know if i'm lost and if i need answers i kind of go in the bible and i just go okay i guess i think i know where i'm going here Mm -hmm. you know like a like a self-help book or something like that Mm -hmm. you know but they they don't beat their head over it you know yeah because i used to kind of be like that when i when i used to study religion or study like buddhism zenism muslim um
0: buddhism and what zenism oh it sounded like you said cynicism oh
1: i love cynicism (laughs) part of that church all the way <laughs> um so you know i can't understand i don't think it's really controversial i think it, i think there is some type of mental capacity that you have to kind of check out to like really be like all right god is the the lord light and all the way and stuff like that yeah um but you know there are some people who kind of like balance the logic like i love god but
0: Science, a, exists. A
1: science exists. Science exists. <laughs> you know, a woman should have a right to do whatever they want to their body. You know, yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, You know, gays aren't the devil.
0: Yeah. And I saw something recently about that. Oh, really? Yeah, how there was like a um, translation.
1: I heard about that. Yeah. I heard about that. Um, okay, so um, all in all, what's, what's your final say on, on St. Maude?
0: Um, if you suffer from depression, maybe don't see it, but (laughs) for the majority of people who like that, the, the good old days of psychological, religious type thrillers or like horror films, films, yeah, definitely watch it.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think this movie should be definitely watched even by depressed people (laughs) because at least you're not mod. That's the, that's how they should look at it.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay, don't watch it if you're Uh, an empath.
1: But I'm an empath. I watch it.
0: You're not as
1: empathic Ah.
0: as you think. No, I know. You are, but not like me.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So if you can talk to ghosts. If you're
0: not Kelsey, you can watch it.
1: (laughs) If you can talk to ghosts, don't watch this movie.
0: Empaths don't talk to ghosts. What are those people called that talk to ghosts? Aren't they empaths? um, They're... um, okay i know empath, empath is
1: like people who are like more in tune with other people's feelings yes there you go so you felt the movie
0: i did that's the problem <laughs> felt it i felt
1: it i synced it you synced it <laughs> you ate it i hate it no i'm just kidding i don't hate it <laughs> um yeah this movie should definitely watched. it's a great film it's like the thing that sucks though is i looked up rose glass Glasses, IMDb, and she has nothing in the pipeline. I'm just like, yo, I want, you. I so want to see what she does next. I so want to see what she does next.
0: Maybe she was the devil in this movie. Why do you say that? Cause she wrote it, and she made it, and she's, and then, you know, she lit Maud on fire, and then <laughs> yeah, she
1: she she lit the actress actually on fire,
0: and then she's like, bye. <laughs> Where's my Oscar? Getting art, bye. <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah, I should definitely check it out. I love it. I love it. I thought it was great. Y'all should watch it. Mm -hmm. Great, great, great. All right. What are we getting?
0: Next, we are going to do our variety time. So, um, this segment is called Trekkie Transformation Complete.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was actually thinking about this. I don't know if it was yesterday or today. I think it was today. And I was like, I think I've heard the last time Mark is ever going to talk to me about Star Trek. Or Star Trek, as you like to call it. Yeah, it's called Star
1: Trek, right? <laughs> Star Trek.
0: Sorry. And I got sad. Why? Because, like, I love that level of energy where... Two things are happening. One, you're sharing something with me that you absolutely love. And I love it when you share stuff with me. Because it uh-huh. takes me outside of my worldview. Uh-huh. And also, you care enough to share it with me. But also, like, mm. like, I love hearing your opinion, your side of something that you're watching. Like... Mm-hmm even if i'm if i didn't watch it or i like i just like the how you retell things like it okay i got you yeah it's like um it's like this unadulterated love of something like you're like it's fresh and like yeah there's no biases it's just like this is what i saw and this is what i love and like this is what they were trying to say i'm like fuck it's over
1: (laughs) i mean i mean knowing me I'm going to find something else to be like, to obsess over and be like, oh, my God, I saw this. It was so great.
0: Maybe, but you have never done anything on that level.
1: I honestly, I feel like I will. Pro- I probably will if I get into Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I think I Well, I want to I want to get through the Star Trek movies, uh, the TNG movies first. I want to watch those, I think, before I go into uh, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. Something tells me I might be doing it. I think the cats are snoring again. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's actually, I, pocket. Yeah. I, I You know what? I takes. I think I might do this again because I'm I'm now watching the Clone Wars, mm. the Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and I'm in the th- middle of the second season. I think, and it's starting to get pretty good.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was watching a few episodes. I was like, oh, this is starting, This is actually starting to get hella fucking good now. Mm. Um, which is something I've heard a lot often that like you can skip over maybe like the first two seasons and like. You won't miss much. Mm -hmm. And it just just gets really good after that. Yeah. Um, But um, until then, I have completed my trip on the Starship Enterprise with the cast and crew of Star Trek The Next Generation. So let me just start off by saying saw the series finale. And my God, that had to be the best episode of the whole show because it was like... I think it was like an hour and a half of just me on the edge of my fucking seat, just constantly like, "Oh my god, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen?" To the point where like, I had to stop working. I just sat and watched the episode. I called Kelsey like right after, and was just like, "This episode's great. It's it's absolutely amazing. Oh my god, holy shit, this is what happened."
0: You know what I absolutely love? Mm-hmm. That you will do this knowing that I'm working. Because I had to get it out. I know. I love it. Like, <laughs> that's not sarcasm. Like, you know I'm working. You're like, I have to tell you right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like I, I told Kelsey the story. I told Kelsey what happened. And she, you know, it's it's fucking awesome. If you guys had. He
0: almost showed it to me. And he's like, nah, but I know you want me to tell you.
1: <laughs> and I and have, then I he's have have like, I'm still
0: going to gonna show it to you anyway. Yeah, I it. still
1: want to show it to you. Because like, I still want to watch that episode. again. It was like, fuck, it was so good. Um, So, yeah, if anybody, if you haven't, like, got, I mean, I I know, I know, I'm late, I'm hella late in, like, getting on that wagon, but I am on
0: it. Like, 30 years late. I don't
1: care. I am (laughs) on it. If I go to a combo convention and then, like, one of the cast members is there, I don't care if it's fucking, if it's Picard, Riker, Data, Worf, uh, Deanna, Crusher, except Will Wheaton. Fuck that guy. Um... Or, or, or Dr. Yeah, Dr. Crusher or whatever. Or LaForge, especially fucking. Um,
0: reading Rainbow himself.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially reading Rainbow himself. Lavar Burton. Fuck. I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm going to break down. Not, I mean, you're not, gonna
0: break it down, or gonna, you're gonna break down. I'm
1: gonna break down. I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> I'm gonna break it down on my favorite characters and like the favorite, like their best episodes. Okay, this is gonna be super long, but it's just like I have to share it. So my two, I actually have two favorite characters: Data and Worf. I, whenever like an episode centered around them, I was like all about it. So the thing I loved about like the Data episodes is that. Not every single one of them, but like the reason why I like Data is his exploration of like what makes human be what makes a human being like a human mm-hmm. and how he like connects with that. Like there are times I'm watching Data and I'm seriously like, that's kinda like Kelsey. Yeah. And it was like really good watching because So it- are
0: you saying that I'm not human? But I- I'm trying too hard to be human? Yes. <laughs> I, I do like that comparison, though, because, you know, you know how I've lived.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's not But like he does it like a level of like,
0: like that. Why? Like like, like innocence, like you don't know what you don't know.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and then the other character I love so much is Worf. I really love Worf. And I, I think I identify with Worf the most because he's like this Klingon that was raised By like a human family, and he had there's a number of episodes where he has a sense of like of an identity crisis, crisis, Mm -hmm. because he wasn't fully raised in the Klingon Empire, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really great how. Like he, he he does a lot of like sense of like where do I belong? Do I belong with humans? Or do I belong with Klingons? Even if I'm with humans, will they ever accept me? Will Klingons ever accept me? Especially because like the fact that like his father was seen as as like a traitor, and his like house was like dismantled and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he continues on with that journey in the show, and it kind of like goes into his son because his son is actually is part human, part Klingon, and how he like has to guide his son because he never got that from his family. Mm-hmm you know um, which
0: kind of is a lot like you
1: yeah exactly so yeah that's why because like I've had issues dealing with like <laughs> so
0: that's why they're your favorite because Data's me and Worf is you well like because I I can kind of get like the whole Data
1: thing of like why like why do humans do that like <laughs> help me explain this to me yeah you know but yeah more so like Worf like um, God what am I forgetting the fucking actor's name uh, let me look up. I don't know why I'm forgetting the actor's name uh the guy oh michael dorn there you go michael dorn plays warfly fucking great there's even an episode where like you actually see more of michael dorn without the makeup mm-hmm. and it was weird <laughs> i was like no michael dorn should be always have Klingon on makeup on even going to the grocery store he should just michael get
0: um uh, body modifications to look like that permanently <laughs> exactly
1: exactly <laughs> and from what i heard like michael dorn is going to show up in the picard show and i want to like I said, I want to watch the movies and catch up to Picard to, like, be better prepared when the second season drops. Mm. Um, so here are my favorite, like, episodes like, with the, that, like, mainly features the characters. So off the top, Picard. The best episode is The Inner Light. Uh, it's season five, episode 25. This is an episode where um, the Starship Enterprise come across a probe. Uh, Picard gets, like, hit with this, like, laser like in the head like this like beam and he essentially lives a lifetime in a matter of seconds mm. and it shows how much like the reason why they had him live his lifetime is because they this probe was like was sent out from like a dying planet and they want to like pass their history off to somebody because they knew that if somebody lived the life that they would never go extinct and so Picard like goes through this and this is this very emotional moment and stuff like that and at one point like he like in his in that life he lived, he like learned to play like a certain instrument like the flute or some shit. Mm-hmm. And he carries that on into like further into the show where he's just like he'll play it here and there and stuff like. That. So it left like a mark on him. Um for Riker, that's right, Patches. <laughs> for Riker, there's actually two great episodes. One is the Outcast. It is a very very ahead of its time episode. It is a very, like, uh, LGTBQ plus episode where, like, Riker falls in love with this creature. And, like, but this creature, like, they don't procreate. Oh, no, they procreate, but only to, like, um, only to, like, keep going, like, to keep their existence going. Mm-hmm. And this creature is, like, has feelings. But, like, feelings are supposed to be, like, null and void. Yeah. And they don't, they kind of, like, touch into the whole, like conversion camps a little bit like it's an allegory for like convergence camps because this, this creature is like oh i have this feeling or i i, I have i'm in love with this person and the, his people on the planet are like all right you're gonna go to these camps and we're gonna like fix that so it's like a very like very forward thinking episode yeah um there's also another great episode called the pegasus season seven episode 12 where riker it's like revealed that riker has like Regret for this mission that he was on, and Riker's is a very, like, not he's not this very by the books guy, but he's very stern with his decision, he's
0: kind of authoritative,
1: yeah, yeah. But like, this is the episode where Riker's like, I think I might have been wrong in this case, mm-hmm. and it like weighs on him, and it's like a really great episode. Um, LaForge, uh, the title of this ep- his of the be- my opinion's best episode was called I Borg season five, episode 23, where they find the Enterprise finds a Borg that actually. Rebelled against the Borg because mm-hmm. that because that Borg is actually like making decisions on its own and stuff like that. And how LaForge like befriends this Borg creature. I forgot what the Borg's name. And what ends up happening is like they end up teaching this Borg how to like recognize its existence and shit like that. And the fucked up thing is like the inter- the Federation decides to use this Borg as a weapon. to like stop and LaForge is like battling like wait this is like a person now like
0: we're gonna weaponize it like how fucked up is that you know that's like god made people and then people are like why did you make us we're just full of anxiety yeah yeah
1: exactly exactly (laughs) um so for Worf um he has like a he has actually quite a few great episodes but this one seems to stick with me the most it's called Reunion uh season four episode seven and Reunion it's like a continuation of a story where he meets this uh part Klingon, part human uh, woman. And like, they had a fling together and she cut it off and it like left a scar on Worf. But when she comes back, they end up getting back together and stuff like that. This is the episode prior to this. And then they end up like sleeping together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? And then she like leaves again. And like, I, there's like, he, oh, he's like, he's like, well, since we've like made it, we have to marry because that's the Klingon way. And she's like, that's your way. I'm not about the Klingon way. Yeah. You know. Uh, he says this really, really great line. I can't fucking remember, though, but it was, like, something along the line of, like, pretty much, like, I would give up my empire to be with you, or something like that. It was, like, some really, like, very heartfelt line. Hmm. So, in reunion, she comes back, and it's revealed that Worf has a son. <laughs> dun, 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 and it, like, fucks with Worf's head. He's like, what? And all that kind of <laughs> shit, right? And then... They're, like, investigating this this thing with, like, Worf's family. And she's, like, part of the investigation, all this kind of stuff. And then what ends up happening is that she ends up dying. She's getting murked oh, near shit. the end. And Worf, like, does this, like, rah, like, scream. <laughs> and it's like, holy shit, they fucking hurt Worf. I'm going to go fuck him up because you
0: don't hurt my man. <laughs> So Plus, like, he's so even, like, he's so level, like, you get a, a sense of heart from him.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, but, you, but he
0: seems like he's really able to keep control of himself. Exactly. Even if you can feel what he's feeling.
1: Exactly, and that's, like, that's what makes him different from, like, other Cleons. Cleons are about,
0: like, I'm going to break your arms and blah. They're like, they they wanna, have no emotional intelligence.
1: Yeah, they want to, like, rage all the time, and, like, what Worf tried to make, what tried to make Worf Sorry, what Worf tries to be different is that because he's with the Federation. He can't be like that. He has to be even killed. And the Kleons like, make fun of him about that, mm. you know. But, like, at the end of the episode, he's like, holy shit, I'm a dad, and I have to take care of this kid.
0: He was always my favorite growing up. He, he left the biggest impression on me out of all of them.
1: Yeah, I remember. Um, I know he comes back a couple times in, like, Deep Space Nine. Mm. Um, so another episode is Deanna of Troy. Oh, sorry, Deanna of Troy. She doesn't really get a whole lot of like, like really good episodes on her own. Um, she plays like a lot of great like supporting parts, um, but in, in face of the face of the enemy episode six uh, episode, I think it's episode fourteen. Season
0: six, episode one fourteen. Well,
1: I think that's that is definitely wrong. A typo. I, I think is it
0: eleven or fourteen?
1: It's probably like fourteen. Uh, season six, episode fourteen. Let's just go with that. But the episode is called "The uh, Face of the Enemy," where. They finally give Deanna, like, a lead in, her, in this story where she has to, like, play, like, a Romulan defector. Uh, no, I'm sorry, like, a Romulan uh, intelligence agent who, like, helps this defector and everything. And she doesn't know who to trust. So there's a lot of, like, mind games she has to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Data. Uh, season 2, Episode 9, The Measure of Man. Of a man. This is where they start asking the question, is Data, does, the, does Data deserve the rights to be human? And they actually put him on trial because there's a scientist for the Federation that wants to take apart data to like study him. But they just like, don't I have a say in this? Like, I'm alive. And then they they start the whole discussion like, well, is data really alive? Because he's an android. But like, what makes so? It's like, what makes a person human and stuff like that? So, this is a really like thought provoking episode of what makes a person human and then like, how can you say data? How you say something that might not be human or just because it's not human, does it, like, not get the same rights as a human? To, the right to live.
0: And I love that, because there are things... There is a category of, of animal mm-hmm. called uh, non-people humans. Okay. And dolphins are one. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think the UK is passing a law right now to make dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, non-people human.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah, because, like, I mean, like I said, it's like, it's like saying, like, let's say, you know, Data's like a, a dolphin. You know, da- Data may not be seen as a human, but, like, he's still a, an intelligent creature. Mm-hmm. So, doesn't he, like, earn the right to live and make a decision of his own? And who, does he have a say to, about the scientists who want to, like, take him apart? Like, that's fucked up, mm-hmm. you know? Um, here's another great episode called The Offspring, uh, Season 3, Episode 16, where Data creates a child. And like he discovers like what it feels like to be a
0: father. I think you showed me that one.
1: I think I did. And yeah. it's like
0: a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it
1: was like really sad because like the way how Data created this child is like her her processor could not like keep up with like the information she was taking in. So it was either like she burn out and die, or like they put her down. Mm-hmm. And Data's like, "Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta kill my child!" You know, this creature like. He's, like, this is where he starts developing actual, like, feelings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and lastly, uh, Dr. Crusher. Uh, it's called Attach. Uh, season 7, episode 8. Where, oh, yeah, okay. This was a great episode. This was a great episode. This is, this is kind of more of a Crusher and Picard episode. But, like, they get kidnapped by um, this alien group. And they get these implants in their head, but like this implants is used to like take the information and like try to find out like what's in their head and everything like that. But the 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 implants actually has Crusher and Bacard sharing thoughts, and so that's when it's that's when like their feelings come out. Bacard tells her like I've always loved you, but like you were my best friend's girl, like and I couldn't I didn't want to react to it, and. When you married, I like buried those feelings, but they were still there. And then he said, she says, like, why did you never do anything? He was like, how do you think I would feel? Like, I'm falling in love with my, my best friend's wife. And that's even, you know, and she's like, well, he died. Um, why didn't you? And he's like, I still felt it would have been a betrayal. Like, who am I to, who, to put myself upon you, blah, blah, blah. And then she kind of reveals, like, yeah, I have feelings for you too. And like, they kiss, but like, they don't go any further in the later episodes I mean they kind of like fucked with the idea that like they got married and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but like it becomes like this mutual like respect and like love for each other and it's this very touching moment where like they kiss
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I was like I think I rewinded that scene a couple times I was like fuck I love that because like we finally get it you know
0: we finally (laughs) get it it's funny how you said they kiss and you kept rewinding and watching that part because you're like I love that and I'm like why because it's like softball
2: yes
1: (laughs) 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 It's just how you queued it up was funny. I know, I know. But like, because there's always been like this tension between the two. Yeah. This like attraction. Like before it was kind of like maybe a sexual tension, but over time it was like, no,
0: there's like... A deep love and respect.
1: Exactly. And it was just like, oh, that's so fucking beautiful that we finally get to explore it. You know? Mm. Um, I know a lot of people say like season one was a lot of missteps. And it was, the season one was really like them trying to pick their shit up, like figure out what they're doing and everything. Mm-hmm. But as the seasons like progressed, it got better and better and better. And that season seven was just like on fucking fire
2: mm-hmm.
1: on fucking fire. And an honorable mention, an honorable mention. Actually, he's not even an honorable mention. He's actually my favorite <laughs> ongoing character. He doesn't, he doesn't come out enough, but I fucking love him. It's Q. Mm-hmm. Every time Q shows up, yes, fuck yeah, this is gonna be a great fucking episode. And Q was la- used for the last episode. Great fucking episode. Mm-hmm. I love it when Q shows up. I know he shows up in like Voyager and and um, um what's it called? Uh, Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like waiting to like. I actually, I actually can't wait to like see those episodes and like see him like uh, interact with other people and like try to fuck with them mm-hmm. because like everybody a lot of people on enterprise just like took his shit but from what i heard on deep space nine people didn't take his shit yeah like at all (laughs) (laughs) so um i'm a i'm a trekking i love i'm a a fucking you now (laughs) holy shit (laughs)
0: going to do our geriatric cinematic of Rosemary's Baby.
2: Mia Farrow. Co-starring John Cassavetes. Let's have a baby. Oh, uh, honey, for God's sakes, don't cry, oh, all no. right? I I won't. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, you're young and healthy. I have lots of children.
1: Madame
0: and Monsieur shall have the dessert after all. What? Mousse chocolate, chocolat.
1: Or, as many calls it, chocolate mouse. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm, it's delicious. It has an undertaste. A chalky undertaste. Hey. Nice. Sleep is what you need. Good night's sleep. You better go down below, Miss. This is no dream. This is really happening. Written for the screen and directed by Roman Polanski, from the best-selling novel by Ira Levin. Ruth Gordon, Sidney Blackmer, Morris Evans. And Ralph Bellamy in a William Castle production.
0: The synopsis is a young couple trying for a baby move into a fancy apartment surrounded by peculiar neighbors. Directed by Roman Polanski, the novels by Ira Levin, um, but the screenplays by Roman Polanski. Stars Mia Farrow, John Casavetes, um, Ruth Gordon, Sidney Blackmer, Maurice Evans, Mm. and Ralph Bellamy.
1: Okay. Love Rosemary, Rosemary, baby, Rosemary's baby. I still really enjoy this movie. Um, I'm not too, I'm not afraid to admit that I am a Roman Polanski fan. Um, I do enjoy his films. I do not like the individual cause he is a garbage person, like straight up,
0: but he was talented, but
1: he was fucking talented. Um, Chinatown, Chinatown is one of my like all time favorite movies. Um, so it's, you know, so this movie still holds like a place in my heart because it's like, it's, what, 1968? So it's, it's, it's coming up at that era where like the 70s start kicking in and like we start getting into like really intense like genre films and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, So, but the more important thing is, what did Kelsey think about it?
0: I actually really enjoyed this movie.
1: All right.
0: Okay. Um, I was a little annoyed by um mia farrow's portrayal of rosemary and Mm -hmm. it's not her fault Mm -hmm. and honestly it's actually written well because in the beginning you get the sense of like this woman who's a wife and she wants to be a happy homemaker and she's Mm -hmm. really like meek and mild
2: yeah
0: um and as time goes on she becomes a little more progressive as a woman yeah yeah and gains some sort of like mental independence and like emotional mm-hmm. independence and I really like that. Mm, okay. So I I like the contrast and that's and so I'm happy that I was annoyed in the beginning because that's what they were going for. Yeah. Um so I I really I really do like this movie. Um mm. they did a good job too about playing with certain ideas but not making it very obvious. Yeah. Um so you didn't know if she was going crazy or You didn't know if she was actually on to something for most of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they left some clues about things here and there. So um, I really thought it was clever.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, this movie is is a very faithful adaptation of the book. Um, The reason why is because... Roman Pulaski, you know, he wrote the screenplay. He didn't know that he was allowed, like, certain, like, creative liberties
2: oh, when okay. writing the script.
1: So he just kind of did an adaptation, like, of the novel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, so you enjoyed this movie, but you're essentially enjoying the book. Okay? Yeah. Okay, so Ira Levin, who wrote the book, did the stage play of one of your favorite movies. Which one? Can you get? Okay, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Mm. You would not shut up about this movie for a while. You told everybody that they need to watch this movie. And it's an old movie.
0: Uh, Death Trap? Yep. Really? <laughs> he
1: wrote the playwright. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, because he's gonna love this.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it kind of lends into like, yeah, this is like, this is a case where like a straight up adaptation like really fucking works with this I movie. Mean, there are like certain things that change up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but it's almost like a straight up like uh, I almost say shot by shot shot for shot, but it's almost like a straight up adaptation of the novel. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so you kinda went on about Mia Farrow's performance uh in this role. Um is there anybody else that stuck out for you? I, I think, love I,
0: I, Ruth I, Gordon.
1: I know I, that's another thing. Ruth Gordon who was in Her- who played Maude in Harrow and Maud. Not Maude, and say Maude. <laughs> <laughs> got a three mod connection.
0: <laughs> um I always love her. She always plays. Mm. I don't know about always, but what Mm. I've seen her in, she always plays like really fucking eccentric, Mm. you know, like kind of like the the personality in the room. Mm. Um, And I like she's so good in this film. Um, I really I don't know what else to say about her. So I'm like a huge fan of hers. So this movie actually
1: uh, resurrected Ruth Gordon's career. And it got her an, uh, got her on a path of winning an Oscar. Um, she this movie she was able to get like a number of like funny old woman like roles throughout the seventies. Obviously like Harold and Mott, H- Harold and Mott, and like my uh, my bodyguard. Mm-hmm. So like <laughs> thanks to this horrific movie, this, like <laughs> horror film movie, you're just like oh yeah, Ruth and Mott. I mean Ruth Gordon, fucking Harold and Mott, you know. Yeah. Um, what did okay, so what did you think about like the psychological aspect of this one, like when it comes to like the directing and like them kinda like fucking with your perspective?
0: I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um being a woman and then you know like how doctors try to tell you shit about things.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Whether
0: it's for you or your child, mm. I totally understand like is Ira Levin a male or a female?
1: Oh, is that male? Male. Male? Hmm.
0: It's funny because he wrote in such a way that he seemed like he really understood the female perspective of, like, how they're not listened to. Yeah,
1: especially, like, during, like, pregnancy and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, the doctor, after I had Cameron, Mm. didn't want to listen to me when I said something was wrong with her. Because I was 19, and they're like, you're not feeding her right. I'm like, no, she's throwing up like the exorcist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like... No, um, and, you so, were, and you were correct, and right? I was right. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a genetic thing that happens. Yeah. Um, so, like, I kind—I really love that whole aspect of like mm. they're trying to mess with—is she going crazy because she's pregnant? Mm-hmm. And are is nobody listening to her and making that worse? Yeah. Or is something going on and they're just like, fucking with her.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. To make
0: her feel crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I, like, I like, I had heard about, like, before I saw this movie, I had already heard the premise and even kind of, like, heard the ending that it was like, oh, this woman gives birth to, like, the, the son of Satan. Mm-hmm. Or, or, so, yeah, gives, yeah, gives birth to the son of Satan. Um, I honestly think if like, if we had saw, if we had saw a trailer of this movie back when it was doing its original run, mm-hmm. I think we would have saw this and been like, is she really crazy? Like, is she really like because I, I think I think if we take off that whole thing we already know the ending, t- taken out, it's very well done of like, is she crazy or is she not crazy? Is there really a like conspiracy or is there not a conspiracy? Right. Yeah. Um speaking of conspira- conspira- mm, sorry, conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Um so producer William Katz Cat Castle. Okay, he had a small cameo in this movie. He played the guy who was waiting at the phone booth for for Rosemary to get off. Uh-huh. That was the producer of this movie. He was convinced that this movie was cursed. Uh, he, okay, so IMDb says that he thought the the Sharon Tate murders and a urinary tract infection, eff, infection, and very other maladies and illnesses he suffered during this period were evidence of that. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Um so This movie was originally like four hours long. Oh yeah. I'm actually curious of like seeing that cut. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would be interested in watching that cut. Just to see like what they took out and what didn't work and stuff like that. Does it exist? I don't know. Normally sometimes when they when they cut films, especially like back then, they just destroy the negatives. They're like, we don't need this shit. It's cut.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, Or it's not or it's not uh Preserved correctly, Um, Polanski didn't know what to cut, so he let editor Sam Sam decide. And Sam would later go on to to direct "What's Happened to Rosemary's Baby," which Mm -hmm. is the sequel. Um, yeah. So in terms of like acting and performance stuff like that, yeah, Mia Farrow does a phenomenal job in this role. Um, originally, like they were gonna get Tuesday Weld to lead or uh, but she passed and then Jane Fonda
2: hmm. but she
1: was doing Barbarella um, Polanski was thinking about getting his wife to do it but hmm. he was like oh that's gonna be unethical which I think it's funny because this is the dude who like fucked the child so whatever <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I think Mia Farrow fits that role perfectly because she does have like a, a strong level of like innocence you know um, because I think this movie really calls for like a very vulnerable woman to like go through this and then we see the evolution of her like saying alright I'm tired of this shit Mm -hmm. and to do it in a very convincing way right which I think Farrow does like really well Mm -hmm. um Robert Redford was originally uh they uh Robert Evans and Roman Polanski Robert Evans is like a famous like film producer he died like 10 years ago Mm. um he they wanted Robert Redford to play the husband that didn't happen um Jack Nicholson. Someone, I think Robert Evans had suggested Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And Polanski met with Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. But he looked at him. He was like, he looks too sinister. It's kind of giving it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he didn't do that. <laughs> uh, Warren Beatty turned it down. And Burt Reynolds <laughs> tested out for the lead of the husband. Mm. I felt like if Burt Reynolds did this movie, he'd be like, no, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what did you think of... What did you think of the direction?
0: I like the direction. Mm. Um, everything seemed really genuine. Mm. Um, the colors sometimes could be like a little much.
1: Oh, yeah, well, yeah it's a 60s. Mm, yeah,
0: it comes in the 60s, but yeah. it wasn't like... It didn't really take me out of the story. Mm. Um, I really like how they... I mean, I know it was well written, but they directed. It. I like that he directed it so close to the book, yeah, yeah, um, because I, it's like it's like not missing anything. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't feel like there's a place where something belonged to that they accidentally took out.
1: Yeah, or like something that like could have used a bit more explaining. like there are parts. I feel like this is a movie that definitely re- deserves repeat uh, repeat viewing because after you see it the first time. You get to go back and like think about like certain characters that like died off screen or got sick off screen, and it wasn't like as important poor editing like or poor uh, writing like oh we just killed them off screen blah 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 right mm-hmm. it was just like no
0: like they like had- adding to the mystery
1: yeah and they 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 had get like little subtle clues of like oh this is what probably happened to them um, as a result of you know uh, the characters being uh, putting a hex on them or, or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um there is like like the, like the scene where like I, I I almost completely forgot like that part near the end where she goes and see like the doctor mm-hmm. the the young doctor and just telling them like this is what happened I think this is what happening to me and there's witches and blah 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 and I almost forgot that like oh that doctor is like part of it as well.
0: <laughs> I didn't get that sense until the end either though.
1: Oh really?
2: Mhm. Right,
0: right right right. Which is good. It seemed like he was taking her seriously.
1: I know. Yeah, exactly. right? I'm just like, oh, yeah. He's part of it. Fuck <laughs> <Put> that guy. Fuck <laughs> all that guy. Um, I, I do enjoy the fact that, like, Rosemary does give birth, and they don't just end the movie there. They, like, really try to fuck with her and be like, yeah, your child died.
0: I like that, too. And I like, too, how mm-hmm. it's funny because the question that pops into my head
2: mm-hmm.
0: is always if they really didn't want her to know mm. that the baby was alive, why did they put it on the other side of the wall? Yeah. And why didn't, like, if if they were going to keep her around, even for the milk, like, mm. why? To me, it's like they could have had her more involved in that process. However, mm. I don't think she would have crossed that line until after the baby was born and she had a little more time to, like, really settle in with her thoughts
1: yeah i think like i like whether this is like our, our own purpose or not from like the mindset of the people the this these uh, pe- these satan worshipers um but i mean if you really think about it like when they took they took uh, the baby away it like built this sense of for rosemary this sense of like what happened to my baby? I miss my child. I carry this life. What happened to it and everything mm-hmm. like that? And then, when she comes, when she, when she, when she gets the whole reveal that that the child's alive, but you get the son of Satan, everything like that. There's a level of like, okay, I had this emotional connection. Um, it was go- it was taken from me, but now it's back. I don't ever want to let that go. Mm-hmm. So she like willingly is just like, yeah. I'm gonna watch this child.
0: Big groomed her basically yeah i the, i
1: don't think i i that's the thing it's like questionable if like they they had planned to have that happen or if not
0: i think it was intentional mm-hmm. like i don't think they planned on her being being there but i kind of figured like they knew she was going to come th- come at some point or yeah, whatever find out, yeah they weren't doing a very good job of like keeping her from it mm-hmm. right and like you just kind of get a sense that had they tried to talk to her about it before the baby was born, mm. it wouldn't have ended well. And had they tried to talk to her about it right after the baby was born, it wouldn't have ended well. Like she had yeah. to like stew on her suspicions for a little while, and mm. then finally see the baby and how they were treating it, rocking it too fast and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I and I think and I think it, the I you know what to get to actually give you more evidence on for your case. Um, they have. They've they tried to do that with the previous girl, the one who like supposedly committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And from what I read, it's like it's it's debated. It, there's like this debate if whether she committed suicide or if like the old the old couple murdered her. Mm-hmm. Like they try to convince her, like we want you to give the we we want you to give the birth give give the birth to the son of Satan. And she was like, no, I ain't feeling that. And so they murdered her. So maybe they kind of like, all right, we got to have like a different approach to it this time. We can't just come at him like, son of Satan. Yeah. Know, all that
0: shit. Um, <laughs> well, maybe if if it was you who came out, at her and was like, son of Satan, like how he just said it. Yeah. The, she, all you have no. to do is say that. And she'll be like, all right. I think
1: <laughs> son of Satan. Yeah, just pop right. yeah, of the closet. Son of
0: Satan. Back in the closet. <laughs> and then she'll be like. Okay, yeah, I'll okay. Do all right. <laughs> so
1: um <laughs> so remember that scene where she like looks in the crib and she sees the baby and she like mm-hmm. it's a famous scene of like her like at gasp and everything like that mm-hmm. they um producer William Castle actually wanted to show the baby, mm-hmm. like the grotesque nature of the baby, um, but all the other producers vetoed it mm. and I think that was a great idea yeah,
0: um a great idea to not show the baby yeah. I yeah. thought that was a
1: great idea because she even says, um, she like remembers like, there's like, there's that scene where there's the rape scene where she's raped by Satan, but all you see is like Satan's, you see like his hands, but you really like see his eyes and that's the most memorable part. Uh-huh. And she says like, he has, he's got his father's eyes, mm-hmm. which is, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. She doesn't say that. Lori, Lu, Lori Louise says she has, a she has, sorry, uh, the son of Satan has his father's eyes
0: mm-hmm.
1: um which kind of like goes back to like, oh yeah, that is a very like demonic baby, yeah, um however, like in the sequel like oh well there there's there is a sequel book, um in the sequel, the baby who's now Adrian um doesn't have he does have eye his weird eyes, but they're like eyes like a tiger, so uh-huh. he has to put like contacts or like a spell or something like that, and like. There, you know it's supposed to have an idea that like he he had like hands like hooves or some shit like that Mm -hmm. but like he's very that's not the case like he's supposed to be like very handsome and like very uh warm to be around Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um so so i want want to i want to tell you about the ending um the ending of the book to kind of like expand your mind because they didn't like they didn't show this in the movie i i I think it would have been great if they did um at the end of the book actually no i take that back probably not uh, at the end of the book, Rosemary seriously, consider, seriously considers killing Aiden, or sorry, Andy, that's the son of Satan, and then committing suicide for a few minutes, which, much like Terry did at the beginning of the novel under certain, similar circumstances, she then takes pity on Andy after seeing the terrified look on his face. After considering all the options, she decides to raise Andy as her own. Even though he's a demon, she decides to love him and mother him and let her good nature human personality influence him, hopefully to be... Hopefully to be good. Um, She also decides to report everything to the Pope and the Vatican and let them handle the issue as they see fit. Uh, Whether like kill Andy or forgive him or try to reform him. Uh, None of this is said in the movie. We just see Rosemary begin rocking the cradle and look at the baby uh, inquisitively as the camera pulls back. So I think just her grabbing the uh grabbing the baby and just rocking, I think that is a much better ending than the book.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: Because it does it I mean, even though this is like the Son of Satan, it does it does kinda like opens up the question of like even though this is like an evil child, by birthright is supposed to be evil.
0: But aren't all children evil?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um but no it kind of leaves the idea of like, well could this mother like could the nature of a good mother like nurture this child to like be a good person mm-hmm. which i think it's i think it's really great to like have for an ending
0: but i think so too mm-hmm. um plus there's that whole thing of like if you run to the vatican and say hey mm-hmm. i was raped right by the devil and now i have a, a devil baby mm-hmm. it'll probably be like get the yeah fu- we're gonna kill him i know and either- then we're gonna try to exorcise you <laughs> yeah and Isn't you're it- probably gonna die yeah
1: either that or get the fuck out of here you're crazy <laughs> We were uh, seeing this because we are the
0: Vatican. <laughs> um, I really think mm. she didn't want to be told you can't have this baby after all, like in the movie. Yeah. Like I just think that's not very good writing in the book. Yeah. For it yeah. to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to the Vatican and see if they let me keep my baby. No.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, even I mean, like, I mean, like you say. It, it, if she truly loved this child, she's going to do anything she can to like protect it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, even Hitler had a mother.
0: <laughs> you no. Know. Yeah, and if you know, if she went to the Vatican, they'd probably keep the baby and be like, "Forget about it." <laughs> Why? Because they're Italian.
1: That's New York Italian. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so, all in all, Kelsey, do you think this movie holds up?
0: Yes. Yes!
1: I do, too. Uh, it held up so well that they did a remake with Zoe Saldana. Um, I never saw it, but I never heard anything about it, so it must not have been a good. I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, this, this movie is, I think this movie still holds up. It's really great. It actually, uh, it actually started a subgenre called the horror of childbirth movies Mm -hmm. um so there's like movies like alive alien prometheus the fly v the final battle carrie wicked the brew slither junior junior fuck that's not a horror film Mm -hmm. have you you know what junior is no junior is a movie starring arnold schwarzenegger and Danny devito and arnold schwarzenegger gets pregnant
0: oh yeah yeah i i I think i saw that (laughs) yeah they Um, wear hawaiian shirts don't they
1: no, that's twins.
0: We had this conversation already. I okay. said the same exact fucking thing, and you're like, "No, that was twins." And I still did it again.
1: Oh my god, it's so great knowing you. God, I love these moments. Um, yeah, I still think this holds up. I, I still enjoy this movie despite the piece of shit direct. I like.
0: Oh, and that movie with um, what's her name? Demi Moore. Oh yeah 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 damn we fucking um, the seventh sign or something like that.
1: I think so. Let me see. Demi Moore, birth, Satan. All right, let's just do that.
0: <laughs> Demi Moore, birth, Satan. Birth,
1: Satan. Yeah, the seventh sign, 1988. Uh, I remember seeing trailers for that movie. Um, yeah, sorry, it's still a great movie. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a classic. It's you know I. I like what um, I like what Kelsey did too I'm so proud of her where she announced you know that we're doing Rosemary's Baby on 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 IG and instead of going like hashtag grown polanski she was like hashtag Mia Farrow yes, <laughs> yes!
0: that's how you fucking do it dude. fuck that guy <laughs> um, he doesn't need more notoriety
1: no he needs to go away. For, he needs to go to jail <sighs> he is to he
0: go. still alive still alive
1: and he's in a country that does not have extradition extradition Really? Mm-hmm. It's hard it's very hard for him to get his, his films made. He actually has a movie coming out sometime soon, but I heard he's he's produ- he's getting another movie to put together. He's fall I mean I mean besides like his classic films, he's like fallen off the wagon for a long time. Yeah. Like, his last great film was like the PNS. Mm. And uh, that's the one that gave Adrian Brody an Oscar. I don't know if Polanski won an Oscar for that. But yeah, fuck that guy.
0: <laughs> I think the FBI should just go in. you know how they do sometimes and they find Uh, him and like mm. kidnap him and oh shit well you know he's not being extradited but we kidnapped him to a country where he can be extradited from and now
1: (laughs) so they they need to call batman
0: no we are batman
1: yeah we like to pretend we're batman but we're we're really homelander (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) um all right is that it we good yeah we're good all right, so um, we want to thank everybody for joining us for this week's episode. Uh, we especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner uh, for hosting our podcast uh, for all your film news, TV news, and reviews. You can go to yourentertainmentcorner.com. dot com. Um, Kelsey has how is that that view review is like what a week old or something like that? Under gods,
0: I think it's two weeks by this point. Yeah,
1: she you know check out Kelsey's review. She will. Be doing another one soon. Can't wait to read that. I can't.
0: Uh, am I doing another one soon?
1: I well, I because I know Judy hits you up like yeah, once in a while. Yeah, He's, it's
0: once in a while. I don't know how soon it's gonna be, but you know. Well, I mean, I'll do it. I'll whether, do one,
1: whether soon or not. I can't wait to read it. Yeah.
0: Um. I made you watch that one.
1: <laughs> Under God, you're like, I need you to watch this movie to and get your opinion on it. And I watched. I was like, the movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm i'm back to doing reviews again for the for screen net. um like I, said, I was just kind of just doing interviews and articles here and there and stuff like that but uh, i picked up the old uh, review pen and uh i my latest review is um the killing of two lovers y'all should check out the review when it's posted you should definitely check out that movie that's an interesting flick that one is i know it's in theaters right now i don't know if it's on vod um so you can find this episode and all our past episodes are on all podcast catchers. Now we got Patches snoring. <laughs> um, you can find this episode on Podbean, Spotify, uh, Amazon. Uh, what's the other one? Verbal. Verbal. Uh, what of course, iTunes. We're on iTunes as well. We're on Stitcher. You know, all the podcasts. Everywhere. Well, everywhere. Uh, please join us again next week for our recent review which we are going to do Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Uh, Zack is getting back into the zombie world. I'm really curious about this movie. Um, I heard it's like it's just like a good, dumb action film.
0: Which is fine, as long as he doesn't touch things that people actually love.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, that will be streaming on Netflix on May 14th. Uh, you're definitely going to want to watch that, because our geriatric cinematic... Well, will- then
0: that that's already passed, so it's already streaming, isn't it?
1: May 14th. Oh, I got. I'm sorry. I got the dates completely wrong. Sorry, folks. Uh, the, the 21st. The 21st. The, yeah, because I kept thinking. I kept thinking Army of Dead came out May 14th. Uh, yeah, uh, May 21st. That's when Army of Dead comes out. Uh, so for our geriatric cinematic, thank you, Kelsey, for correcting me. Thank you so <laughs> You're much. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for our geriatric geriatric cinematic, we are going to do 2002's 28 Days Later. Uh, Kelsey and I really debated about what movie we were going to do. I was like, no, we should like, do Dawn of the Dead. We should definitely do Dawn of the Dead. It was so cool. Um, but you know what? I think uh, Army of Dead deserves 28 Days Later. I'm really curious about I that. I
0: really like the whole angle of they're not like traditional zombies. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I know I saw, like, it jogged a memory loose of, like, something that kept playing on the TVs when I was younger. It was Land of the Dead. Mm hmm. But I kept hearing, like, I read something as I was researching. like, what's that called? Because I, I, I thought you were going to remember what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, you would know. But you seemed like you didn't know or you didn't want to er- even entertain me. So, like, I was like, oh, man, it looks like it's not good, though.
1: Land of the Dead is not good. Yeah. I, I saw it. it's It's not that good. It's So it's that's different.
0: why I was like, yeah, let's just do 28 Days Later.
1: All right. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to do 28 Days Later. Um, that is currently streaming on Hulu. Hoo-woo. Hulu. Hulu. Um, I almost feel like I don't even need to watch that movie. I've seen that movie so many times. But I'm going to. Because that's a great movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to see if that movie still holds up. Uh, <laughs> the topic for that episode will be zombies got to get that cardio in, too. <laughs> got to get that cardio in.
0: Mm. In their mouth. Because the- <laughs> okay. they eat hearts. They eat.
1: And before you start screaming into like your whatever you're listening to, it, yes, we are well aware that twenty days later do not feature zombies. It's the rage virus, but that,
0: that's that's the whole point of why yeah. we chose it, because it's not zombies. Yeah,
1: it's non-traditional, but it's it still has that same feel. So we're gonna we're gonna check it out. Um so yeah, that's gonna be it for our show for this week. We wanna bit you guys or sorry, bid everyone. Yeah, we wanna
0: bit you guys. Wanna
1: bit you guys, wanna bid, guys. Wanna bid everybody adieu. Wear your masks. Put on, uh, get the damn vaccine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Come on, gotta get that herd immunity. Really like to enjoy life again. Mm-hmm. Come on, it's gonna be great. Yep. It'll be wonderful. Uh, but before we go, we're gonna leave everybody with a nice little story. So, like any other, like any person, you know, I had a crush in high school. It's actually, quite a several crushes. Um, but this one hit me pretty hard. And uh, she was a cutie. And, of course, you know, you don't ever want to embarrass yourself in front of your crush, but it's me. So it happened. Um, Saw my crush. I was looking at her, and she saw me, and I, like, waved at her, and she waved back. And I just slipped on something and just fell, just right on the floor, hit my face. And everybody, everybody saw it and laugh their ass off. So I picked myself up and I started walking away and I had just watched Rosemary's baby. (laughs) Cause I said to myself, pain be gone. I will have no more of thee.